Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Power of Three podcast. As part of the Being Me series, I wanted to tackle a topic that's close to my heart, one that I've studied fairly extensively at university, but also one that actually impacts on all of our lives. And that is, as you can see by the title, gender. Today we discuss a wide variety of things under that banner, from the gender pay gap, to gender roles and gender-specific behaviour, and questioning whether that's intrinsically linked to sex or not, to what do we believe gender is, and what does that mean to us? I hope you enjoy. What is gender? Normally, usually, two binaries, male, uh, man, woman, um, and that's the kind of binary I understand gender to be, but as I grew older, I started to realise through meeting new people and learning more about my own gender that there are different types of gender, mm. genders. Um, so for me, gender is a way of identifying your... I don't know, your femininity in a way, or your level of masculinity. Mm. It's not like hard-coded in your DNA to no, like no, pink. it's not. You're socialised into sort of... Well, pink is through a boy's colour. It was blue for girls at one Yeah, because yeah, apparently, I like, pink's a warmer colour. <laughs> apparently it was blue because girls were supposed to be cold or something. This was Victorian. So this <laughs> is, it explains a lot. I think it's down to the clo- clothing you wear as well, because there's, like pink clothes for like girls and if you go into a um a kid's clothing store oh yeah you can clearly see where there's the girl section <laughs> yeah. just visually by looking at the store from Usually outside it dominates most of the stories is where oh, they yeah. where they hide the men's section it that's in what the you need to find. <laughs> <laughs> you can normally just walk right into the girls section yeah. just like there, yeah. that way you hide in the men's. <laughs> it's like in the basement. Yeah, it's always like some corner somewhere. Yeah. Sorry for men. Like. Do we not think that's maybe because women's always, in a way, have always been seen as the ones that need to look after themselves, take care of like the way they look because they. Absolutely. Be- yeah, and is that not a gender thing? That's not something we are predisposed to through our biology, through our DNA. Um, that's something we're kind of taught. So I think as like one thing I've realised is that as I'm growing up and I'm mean, meeting more people, I'm starting to realise that there are so many different ways of expressing that gender, mm. your gender, whatever that might be. If you think it's sort of part of a binary male, uh, man, woman, or something else, mm. I'm not. I can't say what those something else are because there's so many differences. Um, there's so many different ways of expressing yourself. Sometimes you feel more feminine than you did yesterday. Sometimes you feel a bit more masculine. And if you don't, then you feel out of the norm. And that's why I come back to my first point, in which it is a construct in which people want you to conform to. Yeah. It, It serves no other purpose. Like, why else do we need to separate into two different categories? Yeah. And I think some people do fit into those categories, and that's fine, because yeah. I think that if you do... I mean, that's the point of the category. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, at the same time, it's not like everybody knows, or should at least know, that life's not that straightforward. Yeah. It's not just one thing or the other. Like, it's very complex, and so is human nature. It's a very complex thing. It's just odd to me that it's kind of like that there, that you couldn't think of more than two it's like you can see that there's more than two colours like in like <laughs> in every oh, yeah exactly just look at how many types of shades of pink there are yes yeah <laughs> so many like we, we couldn't even sit here and name all of them yeah it's like, how can you expect that this thing is, like, suddenly so simple? It's like, of course not. Yeah, black and white, like, A and B. A and B, no C. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody falls into C at least. Adding to what you're saying, I feel like these categories are harmful for both men and women mm-hmm. and everyone between them. Yeah. Because I realise that men also struggle in a way to be more feminine because the feminine was always seen as kind of marginalised or is marginal to being masculine mm. if you're if, if a man 
because you have these hierarchies, if a man was to express himself more in a feminine way, it would be more of a joke. It would be seen as funny. He's dabbling, but it, essentially he's a man. Yeah. If a woman was to do that, she's almost ridicule or she's not feminine. She's she's a, she's not a mother or she's not motherly. She's not. Yeah, all of these. Yeah. It is going like against the instinct. Yeah, and I feel like it's difficult for both men and women to express themselves in this way. Um, so maybe actually we should get rid of those categories and realise that being more acceptance of different types of genders would mean that capitalism, for example, could just market things to everyone. They've got more of a larger pool. There's no reason for anyone to be marginal in a way that's very, as you said it, basic. Back to a point where, you know, we needed to men to go to a work or a woman to stay with like kids and stuff we don't need that no. you know we've moved on from the 50s 60s yeah even then it's kind of sort of and the thing is is that i understood it to a certain extent if you think about oh okay you want like i guess like that whole sort of division of labor kind of thing that they used to have where it was kind of like if they wanted and a lot of people wanted to do that as well i think that's the thing like some and I think not just women, but I think men as well, I think want to be able to stay at home, to be able to do those kind of things in the same way there's a lot of women that actually want to be breadwinners. Like, and I think it's kind of accepting the fact that there are, even even within femininity, there is still that part of you that's, it doesn't have to be an unfeminine thing to kind of want to advance your career. In fact, you can do it in an extremely feminine way. Like... It doesn't, it's just, I think that division of labour thing that did even happen in the 60s and 70s, I got it because I guess even in the sense like you could survive on one income back in yeah. those days. Yeah. So it was yeah. a lot easier for people well, to do that. some people could, not everybody. Yeah. yeah. But as in, let's say more people mm. could maybe, because obviously there's a lot of families which, which couldn't either. Um, but I think a lot of the times now, because where you almost kind of have to work, you... We again, you don't have to. You can obviously still only have one income, but I think a lot more, particularly women, want to actually be breadwinners. I think there's a lot more appetite for that purely because I think there's more choices. The, the doors are now open now. It's not so kind of like a boys' club as it used to be and very exclusive. And I think that as long as one can have that choice to make, regardless of what it is, I think that should still be fine. Because I think if you box things into categories as you said it is harmful for one side or the other because again if you're in a a, like you know a heterosexual relationship whereby the man decides that he wants to kind of be the stay-at-home dad and wants to or doesn't want to be the breadwinner there's almost society kind of saying oh but come on mate like it's kind of like it kind of puts the pressure on the man too to perhaps do something that actually you know what in his eyes that's kind of not what really he wants and actually there's a lot of women that feel guilty as well because yeah it's kind of sort of so there's all of that dynamic that these kind of that these situations create for people which isn't fun yeah, it's not what, making yeah, people like, miserable for what purpose like you said like women, women can go out and be breadwinners and, and it's taken a long struggle to show unfortunately a male dominated yeah. society to like I don't want to like put it over men but it has been that, yeah. that it has it's just stating it but yeah. Now that we've kind of now integrating, it's no, the norm because we're both growing. Yeah. So and why do we continue to separate ourselves in such a way? We've seen how much of a big benefit that it can come that can come from letting go of the barriers of this is my area and this is your area. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we still holding on to something that literally comes from before Jesus died? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and from my own line as well, like whatever. No- <laughs> before Jesus. Died. I mean, seriously, they were categorized gender before, before, like in the Bible. So yeah. I mean, that's what they set years on, isn't it? It's death is zero. So let's zero. go from there. Yeah. And I think the local governments or whoever is in charge can do more to legislate around that sort of stuff. I know, for example, the paternity uh, length of time you get for paternity leave is much lower than a... That's kind of ridiculous in my my mind because actually by making it so men could also spend the same amount of time with a newborn baby or a child or whoever, mm. um, 
equally, I think it would maybe encourage more women to go out and work if they wanted to, or yeah. it's something they can share. They can sort of work it so actually legally they're both protected in a way where if you know doing the the idea of doing the girl girl's job the boy's job and all of that stuff it doesn't really it, yeah, is like, that does is that okay, a thing so the women why is that a thing birth, <laughs> so therefore they are equipped to change nappies and yeah. bottle feed and but bathe and <laughs> and do all the things that it takes to care for a baby like yeah. recovering from labor is not yes. bad enough you need some help and it's kind of like yeah, traditionally you might have been able to live near a family yeah. who you could then have your mum or your sisters who um, have maybe experienced it themselves. But yeah, but you used to live in tight communities, so therefore you had that help. But I'm like an hour and a half away from my mum. Some yeah. people are thousands of miles away from their closest relatives. Um, how can you do that structure when you're literally like you're saying okay build these units but have that unity but you don't even you're not even awarded the same time mm-hmm. in which to have each other as strength yeah how it like why I feel like that's holding humanity back yeah and I do at least uh, in terms of the reason why I think it's so important to question like these gen gender structures or binaries or actually if you not just on a personal level because you identify something different to man woman somewhere between outside yeah. I don't know where you are but or where I am or maybe no one knows um, but I think like I don't know when you kind of take this apart you've realised that. Um, men in particular obviously I, I do ident- Id- identify as a man but I think me as a man I would say there's certain things I think a lot of other men feel that they can't necessarily do mm. um, because it's seen as more feminine yeah. for example the idea of going out to not making paternity leave smaller and the idea that a man wouldn't necessarily want to take as much time as a woman. Why is that assumption there? I understand that a woman may need to recover after giving birth, for example, if, if you know, depending on how they give birth. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, they may want to spend more time, less time with the, ch- the child. And yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of women that just want to have their baby and go straight back to work. That's fine. Like, there's a lot of women that can't, obviously, because it has a... In, like obviously it does have an impact on your body but, yeah, but like, they're giving you up to a year so yeah. do that might be for someone way too long like even when you're recovering from some of like having a c-section or something like that mm-hmm. they're still not advising like a year so there's some yeah. kind of like yeah and they get breastfeeding and they get all of that too but at the same time you're it's the same as you carrying a baby when you're like providing for another one why would you not want someone there to help with that yeah. to bond with them to see those moments that you're seeing mm. instead of having to like take them on videos or or like mm. be able to just be like actually no I, I want to spend time with my family yeah why do you have to choose but do you think now with the fact that actually a lot of us are working from home now because of where we are that's do you think I maybe that that's the choice is not gonna then be there anymore suddenly now it's kind totally. of like you kind of get that balance now you don't have to one doesn't have to go back because you can both married couple that i work with currently then the wife has recently just had a baby and they both like work together and they kind of do like their patterns in shifts that means one will like work at one block in the morning and mm. then she will then kind of not do the other one while then. So they rotate, so that means they're still looking after the baby throughout the day. It's really sweet, and it's kind of like, you wouldn't have been able to have done that if you were travelling to an office, because you had to physically be somewhere. But now it's kind of like, both parents are able to kind of actually get in. And still actually provide some work and progress their career. Yeah. I totally think, like, as you said that, that that was exactly what's coming (laughs) to my mind as well. Like, I've said probably, like, quite early on in the beginning of the pandemic that, I think that it's going to be wonders for women, women's progression mm. and I think it's going to do wonders for um, families who have been struggling financially to pay for childcare. Yeah, yeah, because that shit's expensive. <laughs> like, childcare's very expensive. Childcare's yeah. so expensive and don't get me wrong, all of the people who work and run nurseries 
you're doing there for good but I, and I feel mm. like children need that experience but you don't necessarily yeah. need to be having your child in five days a week do they need to be going there five days a week only because it serves you the purpose of being able to get to work yeah, yeah. which in my opinion I which again like I think oftentimes babies are happy anyway because obviously they are but then you want I feel like you also want to spend that time with yeah, them. Yeah, like you? why think, do you yeah. need to, to sacrifice one for the other? And I think a lot of people now, um, and I'm, I don't know kind of the official statistics, but I guess I'd say from anecdotal evidence, I think men and women are kind of more on this whole idea of working, not always working from home, but having kind of like the some work from home days and some not mm. to be able to kind of do that. I guess now that kids are going back to school, it's different, but yeah. especially in that young age, like I think yeah, I you think the young be age is well. the, the, the key important. one as well. Mm-hmm. Is that that's the kind of time in which really I'd say like having kids that until they're like five, four, five. Yeah. That parents tend to, or a parent seems to, to need to kind of either decide or choose or sacrifice. Sometimes it's out of necessity mm-hmm. to. And bring up the your kids, but and then it's kind of like free school kicks in, and then you can get them into the free schools. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's cheaper to not work at all than it is to try and balance childcare. Yeah. If you can then set, even have a part time job, where you can fit around the hours like your colleagues do, or if offices were flexible enough, which because yeah, flexi- of the pande- yeah. pandemic they now have had to be. Yeah. Because not only are the bottom people now experiencing some kind of inconvenience by childcare, for example, so the top. Yeah, everyone yeah. is. Everyone is now is now understanding, and I suppose that really comes back down to the gender as well. Gender really is kind of put into um, putting us into statistical th- of numbers of making sure there's enough females in the the workplace. Yeah. If you take that away and you don't need to worry about whether or not a female is going to be out so you don't want to hire them because they're going to yeah. they look like they're going to about to have a baby or even if you're pregnant and you lose your job or need to find a new job no one's going to be like oh, I'm not going to hire that pregnant lady because she's going to be out for too long. Yeah. If you can yeah. actually you can be work, you can be back at work so much earlier and be like taking shifts or doing three days yeah. a week. But still be experiencing, like, your child... Most children are just asleep at that age anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, like, they're just asleep. What am I doing? Putting the washing on. Yeah. It's interesting, actually, because one of the things that I was looking at was about the gender pay gap, which kind of plays a part into this. So, obviously, when yeah. they did the thing and they found... I think it was, like, 13% is the gap currently at the moment 13. in 2019. The average kind of median wage between men and women. But when... When they broke it down, they kind of said that a lot of um, a lot of the gaps tend to be after the age of forty, um, and part of that was to do with the fact that that's kind of when women decide to kind of take apparently take care of like older relatives. This is taken from the Parliament, the Commons Library, mm-hmm. um, but they also mentioned that a lot more women are on part time hours than men. But when they looked at when they said when they looked at kind of like um, basically, like people doing the same job, it wasn't really about kind of sort of saying like if we were if you two were employed in the same job, you would obviously get the same pay, which is kind of what they were trying. At least that was kind of its little footnote. Um, but it was interesting because it kind of said that a lot of that part of that gap was because of the fact that at least now, um, again, maybe with COVID, it might now change that working pattern. But a lot more, at least women take part time work in comparison to men. Yeah. I suppose that you kind of have to if you've still got to pick up kids at three. Yeah. Whereas most people have kids or their kids' schools are quite close to home. If you're working from home, it doesn't matter, mum or dad can pop out for 15 minutes to get their yeah. eight year old that will come home and entertain themselves once they're there, like put some food in front of them and yeah. let them get on with their homework at that point. Like, whatever it is that they do, go playing in the garden. You can still work by then, but in order to do that from travelling an hour into work, you can't do that. No. So all of a sudden it's kind of like then children are quite young, maybe having to walk home from school 
themselves or you're having to pay someone else to pick up your child yeah. like and that 15 minutes is a good bonding time yeah and it's a break sometimes sometimes your brain works better if you stop in the middle of the day and take some time away from just trying to figure out a problem yeah and coming back to it 20 minutes later half an hour later and being like you know what Eureka which could have taken you two hours before because you were just like frustrated yeah yeah and the good thing about it actually is that because where a lot of the time it I guess disproportionately it has it is men that kind of like travel far like I know mm. of the women that I've worked with they it was kind of their husbands that worked quite far away or like had to commute a lot whereas they were the ones that worked part time right. and kind of so that means they could kind of fit it around and I think part of this now is the fact that not only is it again you get that 15 minute break in the day but I think a lot more men will now be able to do that whereas before like I know that a lot would commute out far which means they wouldn't see like you know the kid they wouldn't be able to drop their kids off to school in the morning but yeah. imagine if you started work at nine you could and if your school again as you said was like 15 because usually particularly primary schools they're always that close mm-hmm. mostly like how it, like it's only really yeah. up until secondary school and at that point they can make them yeah feed them and send them out the door. Exactly. <laughs> but it's still, like, you know, if you're working from home, it's, like, it's a lot easier. Instead of having to, like, leave the house at seven to get to your job by nine o'clock because it takes you two hours, you can drop the kids to school and then literally, as you're getting out the car, you, like, start up your laptop. It's, like, already there waiting for you. Just sit down. And it's, like, nine o'clock and it's, like, you've done. You've been able to have breakfast with your kids and, like, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's quite... I never really thought about this before, but I think there's certain things to being in this situation like with the covid thing i think might actually be really good beneficial yeah Yeah. i i do kind of feel like a little like we see it this way because of we're at the point in which we are working i particularly feel sorry for teenagers because your parents are now always home (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're not leaving. You can't come back after school and just have the house to yourself for a bit. No. Mum's <laughs> in the office. Dad's in the office. Everybody knows you're here. Everybody's home. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, like, as a teenager, just be like, um, someone be like, oh, my parents aren't home. Let's go hang at my house. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. So, that's never going to happen. I mean, for some people, parents will still go out. And I suppose I do like the idea of, like, having a few days in the office like having like choosing but it can still be a full-time job mm. yeah because that's the same as part-time but i actually work the other, the other days of the week too <laughs> i do think having a gender pay gap makes a massive difference because i don't think it necessarily tells you that because as you say there's different types of uh roles like part-time work that women would sort of take take up maybe it's like situational maybe it's through design that um that's happened or maybe it's a choice um but actually what we're seeing is that like um the discrepancy is actually we realize that it's the amount of time you can spend at home or the amount of time you can go out commuting commuting but obviously because of the situation with covid we've realized that actually we can get a balance so the binaries that we had before don't necessarily need to sort of reflect back when time when things go back to normal in a way that everyone's going to go back into the office whereas the things could be more flexed and I think that's what people need time to be more flexed so you could work from home or you could because I imagine that at some point we're going to go back to it well I'm probably going to go back to the office at some point I won't <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think actually I, I don't obviously have a child and nor am I married. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, so I just I, I just feel like all the lines are blurred. But I feel like companies are surprisingly leading the way in making changes in places for um, gender and flexibility, like yeah. in the pandemic, Boris wants everyone to go back to, to work. The officers are like, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel though that there's more CEOs named John than there are female CEOs? <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like I have levels to my CEO view. 
Um, that might that's not just down to my gender. Um, An intersection, maybe. Yeah, intersection there. Um, so I feel like it's it's I feel, I feel levels more of it than maybe other women might. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. There wouldn't be the saying. This is how I'm going to explain myself. There wouldn't be the saying behind every man is a woman. Behind behind every good man is a woman. If women weren't beneficial to anything, so it's kind of like and, and especially decision making. They run houses. Do you think people get to their the recitals on time and get to school <laughs> on time and then have the clothes cleaned, breakfast feet fed? That's a skill in itself. It's transferable. Mm-hmm. So even if that is what you want to do, you could do that. But if you didn't, you could use that somewhere else. <laughs> like, that organisation. I just. True. I think um, that it's gonna take some time, but I feel like they they there are people that are making strides and. Mm. The difficulty is, you can't just go. Oh, you can't have the job because you job anymore because we need to fit a quota of women. Because your name's John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too many Johns. I'm sorry. Your parents should have thought yeah. better of yeah. John. But people um, will initially see it like that. I think if that was yeah. to happen. Yeah, and I think that's why it will it will take some time to actually see the effects of people's minds changing. Um, about what gender is and what limitations should be on those genders, um, that it will happen naturally. Um, it will just take some time because, as you can see with most other historic events where big changes happen, there's always people that are resistant. Yeah. Um, but eventually that does mean they end up becoming the minority of voices eventually. When you know that it's good for a good thing and it's beneficial overall. Yeah. Everyone just wants something. I think it's just about being threatened by the change and what that change might mean to you as an individual, um, which in the workplace has been men because it's. Yeah. They were people in the workplace. It just mm. attributed to males because they were the people that would have to think about the consequences of what sharing that space would be. Yeah, and I think part of that is driven by the fact that men are kind of taught that that, in a sense, that that's where they should be and that's their space, and there doesn't always seem to be. I guess that again, I think things are probably changing now, but I think with a lot of kind of stuff to do with masculinity, it's more that tends to, there isn't really other roots, or those other roots are kind of sort of not seen like as good. So yeah. it's kind of like again, there is that pressure that I think he's put on. So it means when you are then pressured that this is your space and then you have to share it, which means there's less of it for you, there's then kind of like that uncertainty of being like, well, if not here, then where? And I think particularly in certain... Again, I'm I'm kind of hoping that it's getting better now, but I feel like that, I don't know, from what I understand, a lot of that societal pressure, I think kind of drives at least some men to get very, I don't know... It, it causes anxiety when that change is happening because there doesn't seem to, to be anywhere else for them to go yet. Like, yeah. again, stay-at-home dad, for example, it's like it wasn't... It's not... Again, it's getting better now, but I think particularly when, like, our generation and when we were growing up, it was kind of like stay-at-home dads still weren't really, like, a thing. In, it was in, kind in a of, way, what you're saying is, like, for women, it opened up, like, with liberation. So, like, yeah. women's mm-hmm. rights and stuff like that, we were pushing for women... They're not necessarily pushing for what the rights of men were to fall out of their male yeah. category. So, like, maybe we've pushed about what femaleism, like, again, that comes down to the male fashion that we have, as mm-hmm. Push the boundaries of the fact that we can all be different mm-hmm. for women, but maybe we haven't done so as much for men. Um, in a way, maybe that's why I think men constantly feel threatened by femi- feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, because they still haven't been able to have a voice to say that, yeah, that's what my life matters is too. But not in an all lives matter kind of way, yeah. but in a way that they can go, yeah, okay, you can have that equality because I've got somewhere somewhere else where, you know, what I'd actually like to invest into too. We can, mm. you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours yeah. kind of way. Like there's, yeah. there's no quid pro quo. Yeah, I think some of it also is... Um, <laughs> Some men feel as if they can't necessarily articulate themselves 
in a way that they can speak quite openly about um, certain things, like certain things that they might aspire to work as or be in their career or at home or wherever. Um, and I think it's because those spaces were maybe historically seen as like a feminine space, like the idea of the home being more domesticated or and that sort of stuff. And the, the home is where you will raise a child and all of that stuff we associate with um, femininity. Um, and I think actually, if we men were encouraged to speak more about this and, and learn themselves, actually, that actually these binaries are a social construct. It's not a thing you were born to necessarily be. Mm. If you want to be more feminine in, I don't know, what you do as a career or the things that are seen or associated like teaching and obviously you were like we've met teachers we know in reality that they're like all sorts of people yeah. they're men women different colors races mm. everything so actually you know it's something good that we should give the same amount of worth and sort of attention exactly. it's, it's it's never been uh, and this i think the pandemic is now showing the masses um there's nothing more than the unity of understanding that that Sometimes governments are just putting money over what's important to yeah. you and, and making you choose between your job, your livelihood, and being able to enjoy the things outside of work that you do and seeing your loved ones and family. Yeah. Um, and I think that's always kind of been the case. It's about building the economy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-economy or anything yeah. like that. I, I get the concept, that's what it is. But at the same time, I go back to this, this, the sense that we're still working in the ways of the 60s, like the 40s, yeah. whatever it is, like, um, where we needed to fulfil that because we were in space. Now we have the internet, we have connectivity like never before. Mm. We can um, speak to each other instantly, whereas before you have to send, an, send an, a letter through the post and that might take yeah. a week. Or you had to be physically there with someone. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like, why do we still confine ourselves to working in a way that fits what was necessary for people who lived in the 60s? Yeah. That, it, that, I mean, it makes sense. Because mm. I think some of that 60s mentality around gender I think will obviously hang around the more remnants of that kind of sort of old way of living exists yeah. whereas I think now because of the fact that you know we don't have to do that we don't have to like you know we can connect with each other literally instantly like from wherever we are it's kind of like it then allows both parents like both mum and dad both men and women to or again two men or two women like whichever because I guess like you know there's all types of families here um but it kind of sort of allows for both to be able... It's not just one, if that makes sense. It becomes both. And it becomes both being able to give equal times. Yeah. Which is, again, a village raised as a child. Like, you need all of that. And again, even extended relatives. The fact is, if you have... Even if, like, I don't know, you're... Say, for example, like, if I obviously... Like, the kids obviously live in London. But, like, if I wanted to like go and babysit them for the day maybe if I lived closer to London or whatever or if they lived closer to me like say they lived in Brighton as well like I could just get on a bus and like go work out there and still look after them while working while if their parent had to like go to the office or something like it kind of even adds to that some of these extended families can be a bit more connected as well but even if you didn't have to go and work in the office for that day but their parent did and they lived an hour and a half away from you, you could go do that. Yeah, I could still go you do that. You could still go for one yeah. day and work from there. Like, you don't have yeah. to literally be at home. You just need to be at your laptop, don't yeah. you? So, that's Just okay. use their home office. There was, like, this research that was done, and supposedly, like, there are... Well, I guess the first thing is that apparently there's no more than two genders. But they also said that different genders, but they linked gender to sex, so they kind of sort of basically didn't differentiate between the two, which... In my head is already a bit kind of like, okay. um, but they kind of said that like it's that basically gendered behaviors are biological. So yeah. like, but it's kind of like basically saying that gender differences biological. Yeah, and they are always kind of like quite inherent. I in do. The sense that like, so they did a study of Scandinavian countries, and they found that oh, men yeah. are more likely to 
go into STEM subjects and women are more likely to go into nursing and teaching and stuff. But Despite why the fact okay. that, like, basically there's nothing stopping them, if that makes sense, because they apparently exist in the system. I saw this study as well, yeah. So it's quite... So there was kind of, like, this argument that... A kind of a counter-argument to kind of, like, people saying, like, you know, things need to be more equal in, in the from the way things currently are. The kind of counter-argument to that is, well, when you look at this study, this is what men and women will do anyway. It's ingrained in us because that is is t- typically, like, it, in in the end, I feel like it does, like, seep into what you know, what you see, what you do without realising. Those people who they did on the study, they may not have had the choice, but when you are faced also with something like before, that was an option before they did open it up mm-hmm. and give this to equal opportunity. They were still living with other women, other their mothers, their sisters that might have been experiencing the, the way in which the norm should be. And that could mm. be in their psyche just as much as it, it could just, like, at the end, going, oh, you're 18, you could choose any profession. Yeah. You kind it's of like still that. have it in, it's, it's embedded in your, in your yeah. brain. Have they looked at, 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 at um, adverts? around the time because um it's a documentary on on netflix i watched too many documentaries on netflix to remember which one it is (laughs) um but it was looking at how um marriage how your engagement ring should have a diamond in it Mm. there was nothing more to it than magazines one day Started pushing diamonds are a girl's best friend. <laughs> Seriously. Nothing more to it than that. Yeah. But it comes down to the whole construct of why a woman would have an engagement ring. Like, it's more thought of that a woman's engagement ring is somehow more significant than a man's. You don't really hear... Men aren't... So, apparently, traditionally, men aren't supposed to wear them. It's yeah. only supposed to be one per... Well, I guess men could wear them, but it's just no, traditionally, only one person. you don't wear your engagement ring after you're married. You just wear your wedding, wedding. ring. So that you're wearing one ring at a time. Men don't have a we- an engagement yeah. ring or yeah. engagement band. They tend to just have the wedding ring. And it's only, I guess, quite recently, like in our lifetime really that people have just been continuing to wear their engagement ring as well I mean yeah. you spend a lot of money on it what's the point putting it in a box yeah exactly I suppose you could wear it on a chain but why would you do that yeah but I think I agree completely <laughs> that these things are so ingrained in we're socialised into carrying out these um, roles in society yeah. as you as you were saying earlier mm-hmm. um And actually, I think maybe the studies... Yeah, okay, it's interesting that it's... From what it's shown through the sample size or the uh, representations that they had in the study, that uh, there's only two genders and it's biological, according to the study. Is that right? Yeah, so one of them was kind of saying that there is no such thing as a gender spectrum. It's kind of one or the other and it's very much influenced by your biology. But then what's really interesting is that they Mm. were... Is that... So she was a woman and self-identified as that, and she was female, and she also... But she kind of said that she never really felt... It was really strange, because she was saying that there wasn't this spectrum, but then at the same time saying, but I don't really feel like I'm a very... I've I've always felt very masculine. It was interesting that she said that, but then also said that... But kind of sort of denied the fact that there was a a spectrum of gender in the first place, if that makes sense. But I think that's exactly what the study probably wouldn't be able to show, the fact that actually maybe if you not both men and women go out to do these roles that a woman might actually be happy to go out and do that role but she still feels as if there's some sort of pressure on that on yeah performing in that role or from what she was sort of socialized into before not necessarily so being socialized but what's kind of what we are taught from very early age is that like male female we kind of use male female as our sexes our biological sexes to say these are what our genders are as well where i feel like for me personally gender is on a spectrum because that allows us to account for when women feel more feminine but in a high power job why is it that particular role is associated well, with yeah like what is femininity though like what is what is that you feeling like a woman 
if you ask me, I'll say one thing. But if you ask any of your female friends, we'll probably all say something different. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many differences and distinctions. You a study like that couldn't. It, does it comment on? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to find actually. Like now you're saying that, I'm interested to know if you remember whether or not they offered just the two different jobs, like engineering or nursing, or whether or not it was a spectrum of jobs. So with the with the, so that's the second study with the um, where it was in Scandinavian countries. So what they basically did is that it wasn't like a study. It was more of a study in the sense it was analysis of behaviours as opposed to it being like a formal kind of experiment. If that makes sense. Right. right. So what they did is that so apparently there's a lot of legislation that they've done to basically to do with equality of outcome. Is at least that's what I've researched anyway um mm. where it's basically to do with the fact that basically men and women have the same access to like education and to jobs and all that kind of stuff and there's not uh, again i don't really know again i think there's at least to me one of my own footnotes would be there'd still be societal blockers as you said where it's kind of like um you know society around you is kind of sort of pushing you that way as opposed to the structure itself if that makes sense because you're kind of sort of self-policing but anyway so my point was that basically what they found is that even though that men and women have the same access to education and the same access to all of these things and routes to get into certain professions they found that men more steered towards the kind of stem stuff and sciences and stuff to do with and engineering and stuff to do with things and women kind of went into nursing and teaching and kind of like therapy and all that kind of stuff in order to because they're more connected (laughs) with things more relating to people and they kind of said that there were always it's kind of like indicating that apparently what it kind of was used for was as a counter argument to essentially say that um in terms of gender differences that we see in our society now, like mm. in, like I don't know, British society, for example, that doesn't have the same policies, mm. they would say that those differences would always exist and there would always be women more doing one thing and yeah. men doing another. I yeah. understand that. Though. I get that, though, but it's the stigma of wanting to... Choice. Yeah, it's the stigma of saying just because you don't conform to the category your your sex... Mm. determines that you should do that you are outside of the norm like that's what we don't get like stop why do we keep making the other like why do we keep making it like you don't fit in yeah that's that's about structure that's about societal structure yeah it is how how does me wearing i don't know um a skirt how does that generate so much uh, uh, anger and anger and admiration at the same time it's because it like it violates people's idea of what i should be wearing as a man because by my biology my biology tells them that i'm a man but that skirt is a signif it's a signifier for the feminine isn't it so yeah it's crazy (laughs) i find so strange though is that when you do get into at least when i dig into this kind of thing there's a lot of people that try and say that or a lot of people that try and say a lot of people that do say that the science is very concrete Mm. but from my understanding i don't believe it is and i think it's very difficult to say that when there are how can you say that in light of so many exceptions where like you could even not even say they are exceptions it's actually everyone's more, different I'm sorry yes exactly like, everybody's remember, an exception because there's we went no to school yeah. and Pluto was a planet and then we got to like our 20s and Pluto wasn't a planet anymore mm-hmm. and then they sent a, a spacecraft next to, to out to Pluto apparently Pluto might be a planet <laughs> <laughs> come on if, if something I get is so far away and it, and like we've not had the information or the the technology to see Pluto but that's just an, an, a, a, a wide scale example of yeah. the, exactly this mm. we don't need to be in a, spe- a, a we're not in a world anymore where we need to fit certain gender roles we don't hunt and gather we don't need to give it a number and say one two and what's, but, what about everything else yeah it's yeah. a whole Rainbow, or yeah. maybe even bigger than a rainbow. And, and honestly, why do we even need the specification in the first place? Mm-hmm. Why does it matter? Exactly. That's what I always I feel like I come to the conclusion of whenever I see this kind of stuff. It's just like it exists, okay, fairs, but there's also in a lot of places where it doesn't exist, and why 
should that be why should this system be more better than the other one because I mean to be fair everybody's kind of doing them and they're not really kind of like you know if you're like if your gender identity isn't isn't man or woman then it's kind of like you're not really harming anybody by doing that or by wanting to live that like if I want to walk down the street in like an evening gown mm. I don't see why that should be anybody's problem it yeah. is oddly and this is kind of but because there's the, the system is almost pushed onto you as if it's correct, but it's like, it is correct. It, there's nothing, that nobody's saying it's wrong, it is correct, but it's only correct for a certain people, but for certain people it's not correct, and that doesn't yeah. mean to say it's wrong, it's just not correct for them, like, you have to understand again, it's all of these different shades, it's all of these different things that are encompassed. You can't just reduce things down to two things and be like, oh, because you're because you biologically have these chromosomes and have these hormones, this is kind of the thing that you should be doing, or this is the thing. And it might be a marker for certain things, but I feel like, at the same time, nobody's just reduced to biology, because if they were, then we would just be like, I'd just be squatting in the corner of this room rather than going up and going to the toilet. I'd eat whenever I wanted. I would, like, do all that kind of stuff and be very... But we're not like that. So we're not, like, you know, beholden to our biology. We do have conscious control. So I think when people do try and reduce us to just cells, it's just like, but... Yeah. At the same time, there's so much more on top of that. There's so many layers of... human, like, you know... I think sometimes what it is, or at least what I've learned um, during my time at uni, I guess, as I was, like, going through uni and I was learning, uh, studying English, um... Through studying English, it kind of made me understand everything like in a, as a spectrum in a way. Yeah. And one of the things I learned was about with gender, giving it, giving something a word to describe the different variety or shades, it adds mm-hmm. sort of power and visibility to that word. So, for example, the the idea of being cisgender is when your biological sex matches up to your um, gender gender identity. Gender identity. Yeah, um, and the fact that. 10 years ago or you know in uni or before uni that's not a word I remember coming up in circulation in sort of general day to day Um, I'm not sure it was something that people were circulating at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now that we have this word, we can describe that, oh, you might identify as cisgender, which means that, like, you know, I'm a man and my bi- biology is like, you know, I've got a male's body. You're male. Yeah, I'm male. Um, <laughs> but I do think actually having the distinction between sex and gender is a good thing. Even if it, let's say it doesn't exist in the first place, I think having them and seeing them as separate things kind of has a function, and I think that what function shows us is that certain things that doesn't match up to what our biology's, you know, coded into our biology's, like mm. wearing a skirt, that's completely societal. My bi- yeah. biology doesn't tell me I can't wear a skirt, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, I could wear a skirt easily, yeah. uh, or, like, an high heels, gown. or an evening gown. <laughs> but my biolo- biology doesn't tell me that, so actually having the dis- distinction between sex and gender to me allows us to think that actually the way people express gender is on a spectrum because comparing two cisgendered female, they may be completely different from each other. One might be completely masculine, but is very heteronormative, very in, yeah. you know, in a way in society that we've, you know, we've known to be the norm or identified as the sort of... But what's interesting is that cis women... It's like it's a it's still a cis woman thing to wear jeans, for example, but it's not a cis man thing to wear a skirt. That's what's also I also find yeah. really like that's interesting what I was about kind of how it's about up, we opening it up for women. Like when mm. women couldn't wear trousers, they couldn't wear jeans at one point. Yeah, now they can. I am right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's fine, but it never opened up for men. It kind of no. was like you're still in that box, and women can come in and invade that space, but you can't broaden out. Yeah, yeah. I may need to fact check check this, but I, I'm sure it was Coco Chanel. I'm not going to give a date. Yeah. I think it's like the start of the 19th century. I know. I'm going to say 1920s. Um, <laughs> um, but I think what she did, and the reason why she's so well known as uh, the starter of this fashion line that started obviously hundreds, uh, well, a hundred years ago probably. Um, it's because like she changed and transformed how women wore clothes. Women had to wear like the big bodices and the very Victorian style, and coming in from a very formal way of dressing. 
formal way of dressing and having not showing too much ankles and all that sort of stuff. But what she did is that women didn't want to wear sk- skirt and these frilly things all the time, and in fact they were probably quite heavy, right? They were. Yeah. So she. Yeah. So the t- type of stuff she would design would be stuff that um, would be flattering for a woman, but they might be jeans or pants and stuff that. They can gender swap in a way and wear something that a man would wear. Like power suit. Yeah. yeah, the power suit and like all of these things and and I think that's interesting about I think things like um, uh, feminism and like different movements of feminism because I think what it's kind of done is sort of exposes in a way it's kind of allowed women to sort of in want well, some women to go into a space whereby they could change design and fashion-y stuff and yeah. in another way they can't because they can't go out to work or it's not seen as the same way you can't you're not the top CEO of somewhere because yeah. you know we've not had those I think that you do make a good point in terms of where roles need to be and stuff like that I would love to understand why as well like I kind of feel like normative is is also kind of like the problem as well like the more we categorize things it can also be just as damaging like like you said if i'm a cisgendered can't, i can't say my sister if i'm <laughs> <laughs> um, cis, um gendered female and i, I have female parts i identify as a female um yeah like it's kind of like why is it it's then it's then making the someone want to be who just wants to fall into the categories that they they are already identified as mm-hmm. as not okay, and that's the opposite of kind of what I feel like it's meant to. But at the same time, when you're you're just the one again, when I'm saying with men, men are threatened by women with were threatened. Well, not they're probably maybe some that are now, but mm-hmm. mostly not. But back in the day, they were threatened by women entering the workplace because they saw it as their domain and. Again, like we said, with nowhere else to go, how is that any different from being a normal normative? Yeah. Like, you don't want to then be like, it's not okay to do that or give off that impression, and it can, even without you meaning to. Um, so, not that I'm, I'm saying that you guys are those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I feel like if you then start to, to categorise things too much, mm. it then just doesn't need a category. It's just a thing. Yeah. I think that goes back to what you said, because you said, uh, well, <laughs> from what I, correct me if I'm wrong, what you said is that actually th- you could have all of these differences in the first place where by they're not a thing or there's too many differences to say that we have to generalise in this way. And that's kind of what my point was, because yeah. I, yeah, because my point was more having these, although having the two distinctions allows us to perform in a healthy way and express our, maybe it is related to our sex being male, female, but actually that's irrelevant. We do know that there are these nuances in terms of gender identity, so we shouldn't add pressure and stress on the, on different people to express those things through, you know, ideas around like mental, mental health and all of these various things that affect men, women. You know, all of these things affect everyone, really. But we tend to give more attention to um, men or women in certain areas uh, where actually it should be looked at as a whole. Yeah, um, I agree. And the whole I, spectrum of it, not just I men or women. it gets to the point where you can say that literally the person sitting next to you identifies slightly different to the same thing, it's not a great thing to be using to identify something. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's no. literally not. It's not working. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not a very good identifier. Choose something else. Yeah. And whatever you choose, people will fall into categories. We all fall into categories. Something is going to be more common about one person, like a group of people, over another group of people. But there's if if it's to the point where we're going, do you know what? Actually, I live on a street with a hundred people, and every single one said something different. Yeah you're kind of not in the same pool. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that there are circles of people who do really dislike the acknowledgement of differentiation, like, and are kind of sort of, like, opponents of, like, intersectionality and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I kind of think it's... The reason why you need to have this conversation is because, 
when you're not having those conversations, people think that the norm is just one thing. And if you just normalise that, then anything that falls outside of that mm. is treated differently and it's not treated in a good way. You yeah. need to acknowledge the fact that these things exist and you need to give them the space to be able to be treated just in the same way that every other thing has been treated before it and after it. We need to understand again that like things aren't just simple things aren't one thing or the other like they are so many different things encompassed and i think when you know people start trying to when people understand that and when people realize that actually there are people in this world and probably a lot more of them i want to say that there's a lot less but i'm not totally sure there's probably a lot more a lot more of them that do see through this lens and see because you're different you're worse that you're less than me or you're worse than me in some way or you're a threat to me rather than oh you're different so am i like and not really kind of having that and that's the place we need to get to yeah. and i feel like that by by saying by trying to kind of sort of be an opponent of allowing people to acknowledge difference it's like it exists but you have to kind of sort of accept it because that's a part of what makes someone unique but not treat them in a way that they don't yeah. deserve to be treated in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And not put them into boxes, not expect them to do certain things, and if they don't, it's an issue. It's just like, yeah. let people be. I think we all certainly have these biases as well. Like, we all have biases about men when we see them in certain... We, we all have biases when we see men in certain... Behaving a certain way, we have biases when we see female behaving a certain way. We yeah. have biases when we see people of a non-conforming in terms of the uh, two binaries, um, in terms of the space we, that you... We see judgment when people choose not to raise their children with a gender. Yeah, exactly. And we see these. And I think what's important is that, yeah, we we see them, but we also understand that just saying that, categorising them in such a very generalised, arbitrary way, I think, in my, in my view... Um, you essentially, you make it feel like those that want wants to transgress those different spaces or different identities can't. Yeah. Um, and it goes d- down to your everyday. It's like you know, seeing a man in a. I can only because I, I I'm not going to say what I. Is, <laughs> but, yeah, but like as a man, um, you will. Be, you need to behave a certain way. You need to be more masculine, or yeah. um, you can't show emotion. Yeah. You, sh- you shouldn't show emotion, you should be the strong one, you should lead. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, and I think there's even different nuances within that as well for, you know, whether or not there's, like, racial differences, class differences in terms yeah. of being a man. Obviously, yeah. your experiences are different. Different. So when you're, you know, when it's, like, um, white men from uh, working-class backgrounds are more likely to fail in certain levels of education and so on. I was put in a special classroom in year 11 for that very purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that genuinely happened. <laughs> <laughs> but that can be for another time. But yeah, go yeah. On. so but that's, a, that's a nuance in which I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, it's there. And your experience, or whoever's experience, is going to be so different. <laughs> different to so many other men so like stop generalizing i feel like that's so simple if you get it wrong or, or someone t- corrects you i think you know you've been corrected <laughs> you know these spaces exist um yeah i think i think we need to stop telling people what it what it's like to be them or it should yeah. be like to be them and mm. stop worrying about it like why do you care exactly. what is it actually causing you any harm you don't have to get involved if you don't want it no one's asking yeah, no one's like, inviting you to join the party love we know but let us have our own that, party and the thing is as well we forget that we are not living in a lifetime at a point in which there have never been as many human beings on the planet yeah. than mm-hmm. there is now why do we like hello genetics we all come out differently mm-hmm. <laughs> reduce someone to someone's biology and it never works out too well because it's everybody's different and as soon as people actually open their eyes to that kind of science, come on, there are still people that believe the world is flat. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope no one can say it. I 
sincerely hope no one believes that, but like, no, it's just no, like, people do. I 100% know that people do. Oh my god, people believe the they do, and it's like, <laughs> I don't understand. You've literally had some like video footage of crafts fighting. Do you think we just make this up? We've watched, <laughs> we've watched the rockets leave, like, we've watched them going into the sky. <laughs> even planes, I mean, like, that's not a rocket, but even that concept yeah, of like, flying having, over yeah. that's just insane. <laughs> I don't, and anyways, I, I don't understand that, but there are people who will struggle to, with that idea that these constructs are not necessary anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's about understanding that things change and time moves on and there's nothing wrong with letting people live their lives and being happy and not having to be subjected to things that aren't very nice. Just, everyone love each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Change in the wild one one step at a time. One step at a time. One podcast at a time. Power of three. Exactly. <laughs> Set us free. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed debating. Don't forget to hit subscribe to get notified of future episodes. For additional content, behind-the-scenes fun, and more of our beautiful faces, give us a follow on Instagram at p3podcast. Hi, the name's Liam. I've got pics. You want to see them? Well, then don't wait till tomorrow. Give us a follow. Go on IG and search at LA Doheny. You can follow me, Dale, on Instagram at DaleCam11. Yeah, go on, follow me. You can follow me on IG at Shay underscore Cam. Look forward to seeing you there.